either we are there or not, ITSB Magazine still gets the best stories. There are plenty of conferences and all sorts of events that spark our curiosity and allow us to start conversations with some of the world's brightest minds. In person or virtually, we sit down with them at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society. Together, we discover what the synergy of these three elements means for the future of humanity. Knowledge is power, now more than ever. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open source cybersecurity solution. Analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at crowdsec.net. EdgeScan offers continuous vulnerability intelligence as a service, accurately identifying vulnerabilities and exposures across the full stack. All threats are verified by cybersecurity experts, providing exploitable risk and remediation guidance, virtually false positive free. Learn more at edgescan.com. Pentera, the leader in automation security validation, allows organizations to continuously test the integrity of all cybersecurity layers by emulating real-world attacks at scale to pinpoint the exploitable vulnerabilities and prioritize remediation towards business impact. Learn more at www.pentera.io. Good morning. Good morning. Good afternoon. Good afternoon. It is afternoon for a couple of us anyway. Or but, uh, night or evening, wherever they're watching. That doesn't or, matter. Uh, that's true too. But, uh, they say it's always happy you. hour somewhere. Was that? <laughs> it's, it is morning for you. Morning happy hour. For you, it's man. good time somewhere. Coffee. You know, we can start there talking about that happy hour. Uh, George. Good to see you. There he is. Thank you for see joining us. DJ Zeus in the flesh through the camera. <laughs> and the virtual. No, no the cans virtual. on. No cans on today. No cans no, on. All, all natural. <laughs> <laughs> but that's and, all right. That's all yes. right. You know, and, Sean, uh, I was listening yeah. to the little intro that we have, right? It says mm. on location, either we're there or not. And right. we did that when the pandemic hit because it's yeah. like, I don't that know how long this is going to go. <laughs> exactly. And it's still, you know, still there. Mm -hmm. And I think it will still apply because we live in a new, in a new normal where I think streaming live, even when there are events or from the events, it's cool. Now, from yesterday and then tomorrow as well, today, after this conversation, we're going to stream with many people that are actually in Las Vegas or Black Hat and uh, mm -hmm. and DefCon, but in this case, it's literally we're not there, <laughs> none of us, <laughs> none of us. But we have a, our finger on the pulse, hopefully. Oh, what's well, going on? Absolutely, we don't need and, to be there. And in general, no. exactly. Yeah, that's why. We, that's why we have George. That's right. We he knows we're, everything. We're doing the auditory thing. It's you know the, the we're listening from afar. That's what DJs do. <laughs> That's right. You 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 keep a keep a sense of what's going, and uh, you follow or help. I not even follow you. You actually guide the uh, <laughs> the floor, right? You're feeling the vibe. Management. It's a it's a different form of crowd management. Yes. 
Yeah, it's funny after uh, having a chat with you a few times, actually, not that I'm in big groups of uh, places where there are DJs, but you can kind of get a sense. I've seen it on, on shows as well where, and actually I just watched the documentary on, on uh, Woodstock 99 and boy, somebody with a mic and with music and a voice can really change <laughs> how people uh, react to things and, and absolutely on each other and, and create a wave of whatever they want. It's pretty, pretty impressive. So guys, what, yes. what are you, uh, I, I'm flipping this on you until you flip it on me. What are you guys seeing on the security world? Because I got a few thoughts in the cybersecurity world, but I want to know what you guys are seeing because you're, ta you're talking to everybody. I'm going to let John answer to this one, uh, and thanks, then I'll man. add some comments. You're very nice. You're very nice. So, so, yeah, I would say. Cybersecurity is your thing. Come on. It is. You're the man. It is my thing. <laughs> so... I think that there's no question that uh, that software, software applications, I should say, primarily uh, have become a thing. And not, I don't even know if they become a thing, but they're, they're certainly top of mind. Uh, that's where all the business investments are going, uh, building new apps, building stuff in the cloud, transitioning and transforming things from on-premises and and tapping into the the online digital world, right, for their customers and their partners. And all that is app, right? And also those things sitting on the cloud. And uh, those things in the cloud access through APIs and microservices and uh, spun up and spun down with uh, containers, right? And so I think that whole world has become top of mind. Uh, speaking with folks, there's no no question that uh, EDR XDR is still uh, still a thing, right? And I think especially as devices move and stay outside of the uh, corporate perimeters, the, the traditional perimeters. Um, I think what else do we hear, Marco? That that uh, AI is part of everything, um, even if yeah. one might question uh, what the heck that is still. Um, and we actually spoke to somebody who said, we we're actually making the differentiation that we don't have AI. <laughs> um, and we, so, we, do it, we do it with the human brain. Yes. We're, we're, we had we're some conversations. Yes. We even had some conversation where people questioned that artificial intelligence may be not artificial or not intelligent. So, but, uh, you know, that's, that's a much more philosophical <laughs> maybe conversation, but yeah, the, the pulse on the, on the floor there is that a, there is a, a lot of people that are going there, a black hat. We talked to a lot of the villages for DEF CON. Everybody's excited to be back there, uh, on premises. Uh, some people will, stream because they realize how much more people they can reach by by doing the online training and of course it's something that needs to go on and on all year long it's not just those two three days in las vegas or san francisco or wherever it is so you i would I'm say make... okay no go for it sean I was just let's, say let's have george talk yeah <laughs> maybe maybe we'll let him maybe <laughs> I just want to point to one thing, and it was a conversation we had. Uh, Chloe brought uh, Malware Jake on oh, yesterday. Yeah. And, and I mean, I, I tend to look at things from, I'm not an analyst, but I try to look at things from an analyst point of view. What 
what are the trends, where are things headed, what are people talking about, how to, and my whole show is about how to operationalize all that stuff. And I've always had a, an appreciation for the arsenal uh, at Black Hat and just the innovation there and bringing tools and uh, just the fact that there are open source things available that, that, that people don't have to necessarily spend money on to do parts of their program or complete parts of their program with. And Jake, or Jake, Jake Williams uh, kind of pointed to the reality that if you don't have the processes, if you don't have the team, it uh, doesn't matter what tech you have, um, paid for or free, <laughs> open source or not, uh, you, you can't start without the people. And you certainly have to have the process to support the people. And then perhaps the tech can help. And that it, I mean, it's not, not a new concept to me, but it just really struck me again yesterday that it's really about the people and the processes, which obviously my whole show is. But um, he said you might even find yourself in trouble if you start to pull a bunch of free tools together that are open source that aren't maintained well and end up fizzing out over time and you're then replacing tools. Um, constantly. So it's an interesting point from, from Jake and I'm, I'm just glad to have him on, uh, yesterday. So any thoughts, George? Yeah, that, that's, that's a great segue into, uh, what I wanted to say, actually my theme for this entire show, uh, one of the two themes really, and that's, uh, there's a lot of great tech out there. There's a lot of people pushing it. They're trying to go, but what are you doing with it in the in the short term? I'm going to use the term short term, near term. If you're looking for definitions, let's go like short term would be like less than a year. Near term would be like one to three years, if uh, just to put some borders around that. Um, I'm thinking and I'm seeing, and of course, I need to disclaim all views of my own on this little chatter that we're having right now. Uh, not affiliated with any organization or you you guys know how it goes so uh, my conscience is clear right now uh, it's where are we going you know you, you mentioned something Marco about new normal I'm, I haven't fully subscribed to the new normal theory yet I think it's I'm still think it's uh, we're trying to figure out what it looks like uh, so that's why it's discounted now if you subscribe yeah. now, not knowing what it is, it's uh, it's half half price. Yeah. Lifetime Agreed. subscription. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. That's it. You, you've been canceled. Your your subscription has been canceled. <laughs> Do it. So I think it's the next two, three, four years are going to be extremely vital because there is such a huge technological change and to use the old show named the quantum leap, not quantum computing, I think we're going to see that ramp up in technology. So where are we going? Uh, that's something that organizations need to define. It's like, where do we want to be a few years from now? Because the technology is going to drive that. You know, We're doing pretty well about taking advantage of technology for its efficiencies. We've been doing that for the better part of 20, 30, 40 years, depending on how you assess that but we have been inheriting all the risk at that time of technology because we haven't really looked at the risk we haven't looked at the impact so 
And here's kind of the second theme that I'm going into. It's have you prepared yourself where disruption is going to be a normal cause of daily business operations? Because that's kind of where we are right now. Like even if we go back as recently as maybe 10 or 15 years, you, you didn't expect to have business disruption. It's something that, you know, it happened, you kind of planned for it. It was it was anomaly. It was not ubiquitous. Like now we're seeing that this is ubiquitous right now. You have your and you need more technology to manage it. But to your point, Sean, it's what good is the technology? And I and I would suggest that there are a lot of good technologies out there and they're being adopted. But to your point, if you don't have the people and processes, it's like I I think maybe we even brought up on a previous show. What good is a sports car, like an expensive sports car in your driveway, if you can't get it out of first. And I think that's the simplest analogy that that can be used there. And and now it's not only having a nice sports car, it's having a sports car with all the bells and whistles and computers and this and that. It's like before, and by by no means am I a motorhead, um, I do like cars, but like, People once upon a time could fix their own cars, even the even the sports cars, right? Even the expensive ones. They didn't know how. Now you need diagnostic equipment, you need electronics, you need A, B, C. So this fragility that's continually being built in the system because of complexity, something that I still don't think we have thought well about. And the next three four years is really going to separate, you know the haves from the have-nots, and I'll tie it off, you know, that that really goes to your resiliency. And it's not only technical resiliency, and this is kind of, you know, like disaster recovery and even business continuity type of thing. It's business resiliency, organizational resiliency. Do you have the operating model that has embedded an expectation of disruption into your organization? Yeah, and we, another conversation we had, um, we just published this one. The, the companies are forever transforming, and I just using the car analogy. If we if we look at Formula One, they, they do have a moment to pit stop and evaluate. Well, they have signals and sensors everywhere in the car. Moment? Right? They got three seconds. Three seconds, okay. and they're they so what? they're monitoring as things going, and then they come in and refuel and change the tires and do whatever else they have to do there. Um, but there is that pit stop, right? And I'm just wondering, are organizations giving themselves a pit stop or is it just a constant circle the track, never ending, and I hope you survive? I'm going to add one thing before, because, you know, we go with the car metaphor. I think we we can talk this. Again, not, you know, motorhead either, but I watch Formula One and stuff. So think about the technology. Now, what you were saying, like you buy a car, it's full of technology. You don't put your hands under the hood. I mean, I'm not, I used to do it on scooters. You get the Car it. Hacking Village badge and you can connect to the can. Yeah. yeah, but you need to really be top-notch understanding the electronic and, and the old software that is in there. It's not about hammering on a carburetor anymore, right? And so I think we're losing touch with, with the human element again in this. So that, that's what I was thinking. Like, okay, here is the can, here is the, the phone. You can fix it, by the way. If something wrong, you have to go back there. And so how do you adopt that? So are the cybersecurity company vendors became 
that company that you can do anything once you get the product, you can even adapt it to your business. That's kind of weird. So, so you're, you're hitting it right on, on the head for me, Marco. It's, that's a choice. So it goes back to what we were saying earlier. You know, the business efficiencies are there. You're taking advantage of the business efficiency, but somebody has not weighed the consequences of that cost. So now you may be vendor locked. You may not be able to go to a different third-party provider. You may not be able, when you go down, spin up somewhere else. So then it brings into a bigger, this is probably a philosophical question. So do you really own what you own? Is your business really yours at that point? Right. No, maybe not. I don't know. So that's a decision. And my view on this is if you want to accept that risk, by all means, you know, be the free being, be the free entity that you are, but know what you're getting into. And I think that's the challenge. But we don't know what we're getting into at this point. We're just taking advantage. It's that goody, goody, hey, business efficiency, let's take it, let's let's run with it not having accounted for the fact that this could all go sideways real, real fast. So is there an alternative, though? I mean, do you have that choice? Um, we, we've yeah. talked about this it, many times. Yeah, it's more expensive. There, there's capital expenditure. It's it, it really comes to your decision. Do you want that short-term game, or do you want to build something over time, over years? It's the, you know That's where innovation comes from, you know? Necessity is the mother of all innovation. If if your necessity is I want to be in business for X amount of years over longevity, then yeah, you're going to innovate to do something like that. Again, it goes down to the choice. If your incentive, though, excuse me, your intent is that I want to set up a big company, you know, have some good revenues that I can show for a while and then sell it off, well, then you're going all business efficiencies. See, this, this is where I think where everything starts to get intertwined right now, where before we were able to look at these as kind of support functions, but they've all kind of turned into a mishmash of everything right now. So it's, you know, what, what the right hand is doing impacts the left hand, but it's also impacting the feet and like, you know, the, the littlest hair that's going on right now. It's, it's not as disconnected as it used to be. You know, the, even when you're in your configurations and how you set up your infrastructure, like you had natural segmentation, maybe it wasn't designed, you know, because you just figured, hey, that's how I set things up. It was more expensive. It was less efficient. But it may have been not necessarily by design, more secure, more redundant. So again, it comes down to your risk tolerance for me. Again, it's like your resiliency really is a function of how much risk you want to take on and the risk goes beyond technical. You could say, hey, I'm going to put all my money into all these technical tools and then you know you got a nice shiny car sitting in the parking lot. Or you can say, you know what, I'm going to tone down on the car a little bit, but I'm going to get some really good drivers as part of my team. And you know what, maybe they're not going to, maybe they won't win every single race but you know what? They're going to be in the top 10 all the time. Hmm. Again, like that. that's, a de- that's, that's a decision. And yeah. you know, I, I can't see any way around it. There's no, there's no silver bullet. There's no technology that's going to stop it all. I, I think the more that you become dependent on others for your services, for your defense, to get you out of trouble, 
the the, the more problems you will be running into. You, you're you're delegating away that control. It's I think oh, Marco, just how you said it, it's like you've lost that human touch. You know, I think we were talking on one of our previous sessions about like growing food. It's like, can you grow your own food right now? Right? There was once upon a time, I'm sure our parents, grandparents, you know, that that was a normal way of life for them. Yep. That's yep. the change. And that's the change where I think that you're going to see in in, in security and business and IT and technology. It's like, will people offload something that they can do themselves for a higher cost, but then you have the certainty of its reliability, or will you exchange that for business efficiency, that short-term gain? Yeah, and I'm wondering, and we can set aside uh, perhaps the, the realities and of Web3, right? Uh, I don't know. Who knows what will happen exactly there? But one of the, one of the promises is uh, giving control over data back to the the user the the owner of that the original owner of the data perhaps and i'm just wondering so things we've talked about now are basically transferring responsibility to some degree i know there's shared responsibility but transferring responsibility transferring risk transferring operations of a lot of our infrastructure over to others to yeah. run and manage for us that perhaps does give us more resiliency or uptime in the near term, but long term, we might be locked in or do something like you were just describing. Mm -hmm. I'm just wondering, and I'm just picking Web3 as an example. Maybe you have other things that you come across as you're talking to, to folks. Uh, is the when we transfer, when, let's just say Web3 happens, consumers take their data back, companies mm -hmm. no longer have that, right? As, as a yep. business tool or a business driver, um, what happens? And are, are, are there other things like that that you think could could really shake things up and, and put businesses in jeopardy? I think that that would certainly be cause for a seismic shift. There are other factors, of course, that I can't predict them all that, you know, how big is that magnitude? So, for example, right now, let's take this platform that we're on, if we, who's re, who really owns what content is being generated right now? Is this ours? Is it, you know, something on page 72 of terms and agreement that makes it someone else that they give them unlimited uh, uh, license to it? Don't know. So if those rules become clear and concise, or maybe the rules is maybe that if those principles become clear and concise, and then people have that empowerment of like, hey, this content's mine. I can distribute it on my own. You know, this was one of the big seismic shifts in uh, in the music industry. I, maybe there's a parallel there that the major record labels controlled the distribution channels. So they were the ones that were really deciding to go to market. If you take away that distribution channel, then you're kind of, you're allowing the independence of the market to decide what they really want. You know, does the market really want these sort of songs? Does the market in the future want this sort of data? If you get rid of the distribution system, which it could be a bottleneck, you know, will it change business? I think absolutely. How? To be seen again. It's the, it's, <laughs> it, 
it's the reliance. I think that one goes a little bit past the near term yeah. uh, time frame window that I'm looking at. Um, I do think decentralization is generally a good idea. I'm a fan of federated models uh, because it helps you spread some of the risk, but it gives you some common principles to work around. Right. And I think that's if you have those common principles and then you kind of like push it down to Sean to do his way and for Marco to do his way, as opposed to you guys being locked into doing it one way. Like, do you guys have the same microphone? Do you guys have the same headphones? Do you guys have, if you were locked into that, if you were forced into that and say, you know, you get a sponsor and they, they say, you know, if you use our product all the time, you know, we're going to give you some cost savings here. Again, that's the efficiencies. But say all of a sudden they say, well, you know what, we're going to give you, any, we're going to make it cheaper for you. We're going to give you a subscription right now. So you don't have to pay the capital cost. Like, Great. And making that short term bang right now. And then they say, whoops, well, no, you had this guy, George, on your show. We got to, we got to cancel your microphone right now. If you guys don't have that back pocket to replace your equipment, what do you do? Yeah. You, you are inheriting someone else's risk. That's what the model is right now. Mm. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. I can I can think That's of crazy. other model like, you know, I don't know, much more simpler like a you you buy a cheap printer but then you're locking to spend all this money in the ink. <laughs> and uh if you want to, you don't have to, you just get another printer and then you're locking to the other system <laughs> once yeah. more. So you stop the subscription it becomes a brick. <laughs> Yeah, or you don't know anything because I'm gonna give it to you for free, and then we go into another. That's Look, right. uh, I know we you so have we stuff to do. You have a you know you're a big thinker, and I always enjoy this conversation. I was gonna ask you about ESG, but I, I I'm not gonna open the ESG can right now because I was thinking the same thing. Time. We'll have to have another. You'll bring, yeah, you'll come back outside of the coverage of uh, uh, Black Hat and DefCon, and we can have. Many more conversation, you know. We always enjoy it to to have you on. That would be that music again, as always. We always go back to that. <laughs> we, we, and we the music too. Exactly. And the music too. It's a part Jen, of my thing. Thank you. I'm gonna close with this to all those listening. Thank you. Hope you're enjoying the sessions if you're out there in Vegas. Uh, there there's a lot to be concerned about, but there there is a bright side. Also, I, I don't think it's all doom and gloom. We just need to be honest about doom and gloom. So, and of course, thank you to the host, Sean and Marco. You guys are always great. And I, I wish you and ITSP uh, continued success for all that you do. Thanks, George. Thank you very much. Okay. And to everyone else, stay tuned. A lot more today and tomorrow. Take care, George. Thank you. Pentera, the leader in automation security validation, allows organizations to continuously test the integrity of all cybersecurity layers by emulating real-world attacks at scale to pinpoint the exploitable vulnerabilities and prioritize remediation towards business impact. Learn more at www.pentera.io. EdgeScan offers continuous vulnerability intelligence as a service, accurately identifying vulnerabilities and exposures across the full stack. All threats are verified by cybersecurity experts, providing exploitable risk and remediation guidance, virtually false positive free. Learn more at edgescan.com. CrowdSec, the collaborative and open source cybersecurity solution. 
analyze behaviors, respond to attacks, and share signals across the community for free. Let's make the internet safer together. Learn more at crowdsec.net. We hope you enjoyed this episode of our On Location Conversation. If you learned something new and this podcast made you think, then share itspmagazine.com with your friends, family, and colleagues. If you represent a company and wish to associate your brand with our conversations, sponsor one or more of our podcast channels. We hope you will come back for more stories and follow us on our journey. You can always find us at the intersection of technology, cybersecurity, and society.